following audio is from St Nick's Durham. As a church, we exist to love God, love people and love Durham. We hope that this sermon will serve you well as a supplement to your regular Bible reading, prayer and participation in your local church. For more information about St Nick's Durham, directions or resources, please visit stnicks.org.uk. Jonah chapter 1 verse 1 to the end. I'll give you a few moments to find that in your Bible. I will be reading from the NIV. Jonah flees from the Lord. The word of the Lord came to Jonah son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid and each cried out to his own God they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck, where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, How can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us, so that we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, Come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, Tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What kind of work you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? He answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. This terrified them, and they asked, What have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord, because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher, so they asked him, What should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried out to the Lord, Please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, Lord, have done as you have pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord. They offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. 
Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good evening. As we begin our sermon series on the book of Jonah, let us pray. Lord God, we thank you for the strange yet wonderful gift of Holy Scripture. Give us open eyes and open ears, open hearts and open minds, so that we may learn wisdom from your word this evening. Amen. Without warning and without warm-up, the word of the Lord comes to Jonah. As if the book of Jonah was saying, you don't need any context, you don't need any background, you only need one thing, and that is to hear the word of the Lord. It will become apparent as we work our way through the book that Jonah lives in troubled times and that the great and mighty Assyrian powers that be are causing havoc in the world leaving faithful Israel tossed and turned on the waves of fear and frustration, wondering why God doesn't just sort it all out and, well, make everything all right. But all that gets pushed to the side by this one thing, the word of the Lord came to Jonah. And this is what the Lord says, Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. So let's call Nineveh, Assyria's mighty capital city, located roughly where Mosul is today, 250 miles north of Baghdad. Let's just call it the enemy and recognize that God is, after all, wanting to deal with its wickedness. So maybe everything is going to be sorted out after all. The prophet Jonah is on the case. What could possibly go wrong? Well, several things as it turns out. First, Jonah runs away. The relevant sentence in Jonah chapter 1 is a masterclass in misdirection, reading literally something like, so Jonah got up and went to dot dot dot, and everyone expects it to be Nineveh, but it's not. He headed out to Tarshish, which is more or less southern Spain, entirely in the wrong direction. Jonah Go to the war zone, says God. Actually, I'm going to the Costa del Sol, says Jonah. And he went down to Joppa, we read in verse 3, and he commandeers a boat. How far down will Jonah go? It starts with going down to Joppa, as in he popped down to the harbour. But then it's just down, down, down as the story unfolds, down into the boat, down into the bowels of the boat, and eventually down into the sea, down to the bottom of the sea, down to where the bars at the bottom of the sea closed over him, down, in other words, to the very bottom of the world. No, there aren't really bars at the bottom of the sea, but yes, every use of the word down in Jonah is drawing us into its own particular view of God's world. The way to let this prophetic book lead us where it wants us to go is not actually to try to match it up to a factual description of the known world, ancient or modern, 
but to let every word of it draw us in, into a particular understanding of the ways of the world, and to realise, in this case, for example, that what starts out with a little local trip down to the seaside ends up being Jonah's full-tilt attempt to run away from God. Brothers and sisters, this is really and truly how life works. We duck out of something God asks for us, and we think we can get away with it on our own terms. But always, inevitably, it is God who is in charge, and it is us who will end up carrying the burden of turning away from the word of the Lord, even if, for most of us, doesn't involve being swallowed by a huge fish. So to return to the story, here comes a great wind. Here comes a storm. Here comes a ship breaking up. Here come the sailors chucking cargo overboard. And where is Jonah, the prophet of God? Where is the man who carries the hopes of the people of God for righteousness and justice in this dangerous world? Verse 6 tells us, Jonah had gone below deck, where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. So let's get this straight. A world at war with the Assyrians, and the word of God tells Jonah to stand up against them, and he runs away. A ship at risk in a storm, already heading the wrong way, and Jonah falls asleep. On a score sheet of how much it looks like God is sorting out the world, that's 2-0 against. A bit of dialogue follows, the result of which is Jonah saying, in what I imagine is a voice of strange self-importance, Ah, pick me up and throw me into the sea. He doesn't turn to God. He doesn't pray. It's all about him, unlike, remarkably, the foreign sailors, who, for reasons that are never made clear, pray to the God of Israel and ask not to be held accountable for depositing God's prophet into the sea. So over he goes, and the raging sea grew calm, which, frankly, freaks them out even more. And in a verse of frantic mayhem that, again, I translate literally, these poor sailors feared a great fear and sacrificed a sacrifice and vowed vows. One thing even more frightening than dealing with a mad Israelite prophet of God is recognizing that the God of Israel actually seems able to make a difference in their world. I picture one of the younger sailors casting his eye out of the back of the boat as the weary sailors return to their duties. And is that? Surely it can't be. No, it really looks like a great big fish is rising to meet the body of Jonah as it sinks below the waves. Chapter 1 ends with, And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Roll the credits. End of episode one. Come back next week for the sequel. With a cliffhanger like that, who knows what might happen next? Not Jonah, that's for sure. Well, I'm not going to pretend that we can learn all the lessons of the book of Jonah from just reading chapter one. That would be like saying that we can get the point of a TV miniseries just from watching the first episode. So you really do need to come back next week uh, to see more. But consider, we ourselves 
live in troubled times. Our lives are being interrupted in their own way. And how will we respond? Will we find our own ways of running away from the role God wants us to play? Probably not by commandeering a boat, but what might it be? Are we Jonah, imagining that we can mind our own business and leave God to sort it out while we look the other way? There's a fascinating detail in the argument Jonah has with the sailors. I skipped over it as I was telling the story. But there it is in verse 9, if you're looking at it in the Bible, where the sailors are trying to find out who this strange prophet is. And Jonah says, I quote, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. So he knows when reciting his credentials, as it were, that the God he worships is the Lord of the whole earth, and in particular of the sea and the land. And yet what is he actually doing at this very point in the story? He's attempting to run away from God by land and sea. There's what Jonah knows in his head, and there's what he knows in his heart. And to run away from God usually involves forgetting your heart knowledge and reducing your relationship to God to your head knowledge. The sailors, who in theory know nothing of God, well, the book tells us that they don't know where Jonah comes from and they don't know his God. These sailors pray to God, the God of Jonah, while Jonah, who in theory knows everything, refuses to talk to God and tries to run away, making his progress through the very creation that, in principle, he attributes to his own Lord and God. And this crazy, upside-down picture of the world remains, many centuries later, a picture of our own world today. In the name of God, people who have promised publicly to do what is right will throw their principles overboard for the sake of trying to make the world serve them, rather than seeking themselves to serve God. It will feel like the world is out of control, but it is only our attempts to run the world that are out of control. It may be true that all shall be well, and that all manner of things shall be well, but the Old Testament prophets show us that this is only so on God's terms, not ours. It is in what God wants from us that we shall find the path where all can be well. And it may be a steep and difficult path to navigate, and in the process we may lose much of what we thought we could rely on. Jonah will need to learn this lesson more than once as the book unfolds, and arguably even at the end. He has not learned it very well. And us? Are we burdened with the fear that the ways of life we thought we could rely on may not be working out very well? Are we afraid that life is out of control? That viruses and infections might take away more than we are willing to allow? That votes for presidents or for European alliances might really go against us. Well, the route to God's life-giving good news does not lie in pulling back from the darkness, 
the chaos, the fear, and recovering what once seemed to be a safe way of life. No, we are with Jonah, disappearing over the side of the boat and falling into the sea, to what seems at first like sure and certain death, except we reckon without the big fish, that most unlikely symbol of all, which tells us that when all is lost and we can hold on no longer, then at last we are left with nothing to do except to trust in God. There's not much dignity left for Jonah at the end of chapter 1. And as he disappears over the edge of the boat, he disappears, unbeknownst to him, into the beginning of the story of what God really wants to do with him. Well now, says God to Jonah, as he scoops him up in the sea, big fish in hand. And to us, as we stumble into 2021, feeling like we are slipping off the edge of our known world. Well now, says God, out of options, are you? Well, okay then. Now we might really start getting somewhere. Let us pray. Lord, when we feel that our attempts to make sense of life have failed and everything feels out of control, open our eyes to whatever the big fish might be that will be there for us and bring us back next week like Jonah for episode two. Amen. Thank you for listening to the St. Nick's Durham podcast. If you would like to hear more sermons and teaching like this, then subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about St. Nick's, visit our website at stnicks.org.uk.